0: It's episode 21 of the Toadstool Boardroom for the week of October 27th, 2022. My name's Logan Plan. Joining me this week, Odell Harmon Jr.
1: Hey, 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 everybody.
0: Chris Shriver not with us this week. Two-man show. He'll hopefully return to us next week. He's he's out sick this week. But we got a great show planned that maybe he'll enjoy as a fan. We'll see. We're going to talk about Super Mario Odyssey today. It's been five years since Super Mario Odyssey came out on October 27th, 2017. I can't really believe it's been five years uh, that, that's pretty long time ago at this point already so we are going to do a big retrospective on that we asked you for your thoughts on odyssey a couple of you wrote us in so we'll get to that as well we're going to talk about thoughts on the game at the time thoughts five years later favorite moment of the game favorite kingdom in the game and maybe where we want 3d mario to go next so we're going to get to that in the second half of the show but first up we got a quick news run down here a couple news items to get to here in the boardroom first couple of pokemon things to talk about odell Pokemon Scarlet and Violet has introduced. How do you say this? Greveard? Is that is that how you pronounce this I've been puppy? saying
1: Graveard.
0: Graveard, probably. Like Graveyard. Yeah. Yeah. Graveyard. Graveard, a ghost puppy Pokemon. He is adorable. What do you think of Graveyard? You know, it's so
1: it's cute, right? So I recently I had a friend where she just lost her, her dog, and I was gonna be like, I think you're gonna have a new favorite Pokemon. But I didn't want to send it to her because it's still fresh. But I was, but then it made me realize because I think you know most of us has lost a companion animal, and I'm like, I want to zip playing off of that, and I was just like, <laughs> I it got, I got sad and happy at the same time. So I'm like, I honestly think it's a very clever idea.
0: Yeah, and Pokemon's no stranger to that, right? Like Lavender Town in, in the original Kanto region is a pretty depressing place that kind of is about the same thing. But I just continue to be a fan of the Pokemon. I, I continue to be a fan of the Pokemon that are revealing. For Pal Day and Scarlet and Violet. Also, there were some impressions from Scarlet and Violet this week, and this comes way of, of Casey DeFreitas over at IGN, who reported that Pokemon trainers out in the wild will no longer attack you on site, right? This has been a staple in the Pokemon franchise since the beginning, the exclamation point appearing over their head, and then you're basically locked into the battle without a choice. Apparently, that's not the case, and it's up to you, the player, to decide if you want to play these. Tra- trainers when you encounter them in the wild what do you think about that Odell it's a big change oh yeah definitely big change
1: I mean it makes sense at first I was like mm, but then I was like you know if you're in an open world and you're really exploring I feel like you could easily get caught off guard and be like I didn't see that person 30 yards behind me how could I you know and that probably yeah. would break like the immersion of exploring just being like halted and, uh, and then, like, um like I know some people were commenting also. I think Kay said it's like, we don't know if that's true everywhere. There's probably be some areas with some clear cut. They're in the way. You got to battle this person. But, you know, I, I yeah. think from a open world perspective, it makes sense that, you know, it'll be an optional thing. And correct me if wrong, I believe the previews were saying, like, the tr- there's something above the train There's something to indicate that this trainer, you know, wants to battle versus, you know, just mm-hmm. probably NPC out in the wild.
0: Yeah, so I'm excited to see how that works out. I like it. I think it's a nice change. I think that, once again, it's kind of just playing into the idea of freedom and you do what you want to in in Scarlet and Violet in the open world. And I think that especially especially like if you're going back through an area or an area where you're way over leveled and you just have to stop and fight these people, uh, it can really grind the game pace kind of to a halt. So just another thing you'll get to choose to do, I think, is pretty neat. So fan of what we're hearing about Scarlet and Violet, we're just a couple weeks out from having that game in our hands.
1: And you're a couple weeks out from
0: a big trip, Odell.
1: Yeah, for those who don't know, I am going to the Paldea region, a.k.a. Spain, a.k.a. the Iberian Peninsula, to purchase the game there. I am crazy, yes. But (laughs) I, I had the idea, like, okay, my friend, just quick story, my friend was like, you know, what if we traveled to the new region every time the Pokemon game was released about, you know, the regions based off geographically in the real world? And I was like, yeah, that'd be cool. And then I was like, but what if we did do that he's not coming because he was like i don't think i can do this shit no. but like i kind of just the, the like i was laying up at night and i was just like what if what if i just did it's around thanksgiving you know i can get vacation time for that and here we are
0: so is this the first time you're doing it though you you haven't done it for any of the other regions no i've
1: I've never done it for any other regions yeah well the, most of them i was a child so probably not feasible <laughs> <laughs> but uh-huh. yeah um because, I well, I mean, up until maybe like Gen 5 or 6, they were all just kind of generically Japanese. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. you know, the real-life Japanese regions up until, I think, Gen 5 when it was in Nova, and that was like New York. So that was probably yeah. been the first time <laughs> yes. I could have done it.
0: And but then uh, what? France was Kalos, and then Hawaii was Alola, uh, and then Galar was the UK, and now Spain is today? Yeah.
1: Yes, sir. All right. Correct. He says he doesn't love Pokemon.
0: Where are they going go? huh? to go next?
1: Well, we haven't been anywhere on the African continent. Mm-hmm. Uh, to my best knowledge, we haven't been anywhere in South America. So those those two seem like an easy pick. Good candidates, yeah.
0: Definitely. Australia? Yeah, the Australia, Australia region. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Kangaskhan, uh, regional variant. Hey, I used to love Pokemon. I still know a lot about it. And I want to. I want to love this one. I do. You know that. We got uh, some marketing is picking up, Odal for Fire Emblem Engage. That game is just like two and a half months away, which is crazy that we're that close to the new year. Uh, But uh, a big thing that's coming back that disappeared in three houses is the weapon triangle. I thought this was interesting. They, They posted this out on Twitter, Nintendo America. So in Fire Emblem Engage, each character wields various weapons, and certain weapons have advantage or disadvantage against other types of weapons. Swords beat axes, axes beat lances and Lance's beat Swords. This has been a Fire Emblem staple basically throughout the entire franchise, but then Three Houses kind of did away with that mechanic, and it wasn't as prevalent as it was. Um, so I'm happy to see this back. I thought the Three Houses, as we've talked about on this show, strayed just a little too far from pure Agreed. Fire Emblem for me. So Agreed. this one is a sign for me, Odell, that we're, we're heading back into that territory a little bit.
1: Yeah, I was worried that because the success of Three Houses, I don't know, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, it was the most popular you know uh, fire emblem, fire emblem game to date you know it had supreme mass appeal or at least appeal further than you know the hardcore fire emblem audience so i thought they're gonna do a whole like oh man you know this is where it's at the ting and Lucy games you know that was popular so i thought that was just gonna be fire emblems identity for the next three to four games what have you but for them to immediately in the next core game go back to like you know it's roots so to speak i was like i believe this is the right choice You got them with three houses. They're in the system. They're coming back. We need we need you know, I won't say it's a complete return to form. There's still three houses elements in there, but in terms Mm -hmm. of core gameplay, you know, it's still traditionally a more traditional fire emblem game. So I'm excited about that. I might actually get this. I tried to play three houses, I never fully beat it. I just to me personally, it strayed so much that I was just like, I'm not saying this game is bad. It's just not Fire Emblem to me.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I definitely felt that as well. A little too much focus on the school stuff for me. Pretty much most of what we've been seeing from this game is battling, Uh, and I think, I don't know if I've said this on the show yet, but I'm going to play this one on hard. I think that's been my mistake with with Three Houses, was I played on normal, and it was just a bit too easy, where even, like, Awakening was a little easy, but then, like, Conquest or uh, Shadows of Valencia, those kicked your butt on normal, Uh, so I kind of got used to picking normal for Fire Emblem, but if this game is kind of, like, similar vein of Three Houses in difficulty... I think it's it's time to play on normal and classic. Do you play on classic or casual when you play Fire Emblem?
1: I play on classic, and um, I'm that I'm the what? type of person that says I'm not gonna restart a game. I mean, a battle if you know, because mm-hmm. of permadeath, But I'm not gonna lie; like, I, I give myself like two to three times to do it, and yeah. then I say, okay, I'm for real this time.
0: But now we got the rewinds. The rewinds were a thing in the last couple entries, which makes it a little more forgiving. I can't even believe it. Like. Man, when I was playing Fates, and it was kind of the only main game I was playing at the time, because I had a Wii U and a 3DS, so there weren't many games out at that time when Fates came out. Man, I restarted hour-long battles, like, dozens of times in that in that game <laughs> to redo them. It's like, man, I can't see myself doing that now. There's too much other stuff to do, so I'm, I'm now glad that they have the Rewind feature in there. You know, I played know Awakening for, like... Fun
1: days on end because it took me no joke probably two weeks after that game released to finally get a copy
0: oh yeah it was hard to find at launch yeah 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 i found it in a target i remember and i think it was it was the last one there yeah that game was tough to find and now look at it now look at fire emblem now it's huge yeah. huge series now <laughs> decade later wow is that true man awakening's 10 years old that's really crazy. yeah huh that's crazy We're we're right around then. Yeah. Wow. Okay. We got to talk about that game sometime. That's a great game. That is an outstanding, outstanding game. A couple other outstanding games. Mario Party 1 and 2 coming to Switch Online on November 2nd. I know that the boardroom is really excited about this, but I was thinking I don't have the N64 online controller to play these with. You got to get it. I feel like I got to get it. You got to get it. sold out, though. Yeah, like when, I was, when Chris
1: was hopefully able to get me want get me mine cuz I was thinking I don't need a 64 controller and the more I thought about the games that would come out like I'm playing like I've restarted playing Pokémon Snap cuz I played it but then something else came out and took my attention away and I was like mm-hmm. I don't think I could play this with a pro controller. Like 64 yeah. games have such a controller scheme where it's like it was made for this and nothing else.
0: Mhm. Yeah, I I played a few of the a few of the n64 online games on switch and like i played f0 and i'm like what what does each button do and then you like (laughs) hold it's like r for r but then zl for z and it's just super weird because you never really use l on the n64 but they still make zl and r the shoulder buttons you're holding to like drift and corner and it's like it just feels weird but this is the only controller i checked because i wrote a story this week about how these Switch Online controllers are now compatible with Apple devices. Really? You can now pair them up as a Bluetooth controller starting this week. And I went to the store. I'm like, I should buy an N64 one. It's the only one sold out. And I think it's because it's like it's the weirdest form factor. So the games like NES and SNES games feel fine on Joy-Con or a Pro Controller. But the N64 games
1: feel weird. Oh, yeah, completely. You you remember I live tweeted my replay of Paper Mario And uh, I actually had to stop and wait for the 64 controller to come in because (laughs) I was losing battles. Like, I couldn't get the action timing down, like, holding it. Like, it just, it just, I don't know if, like, it was, like, mental lag. Something was just not connecting. Like, when I would do the jump, I would, like, I would always mess it up. I'm like, I I don't understand what's going on here. And I got the 64 controller. It was, like, as smooth as butter. And I was like, maybe maybe it's just the me thing. Maybe it's just I remember it being like this and my brain can't translate.
0: How's the battery life on this? on the switch online controllers oh pretty good i would say because i only say that
1: because i'm the type of person that like i i, I never charge my controller like when i'm done with it i should be like oh i'm done playing the game plug it up mm-hmm. i'm the guy that's like oh about to play for three hours uh-oh battery's dead of course because it's been sitting here for a week i'd say i'd be a couple of play sessions in of about two to three hours a piece before i needed to charge it
0: that's pretty great all right I was thinking about this the other day, is that every single controller for a Nintendo home console, except for the Wii era, is on the Switch. And I guess you could, like, the two separate Joy-Cons are pretty close to a Wii remote nunchuck. But, like, you can play with actual versions of NES, SNES, N64, GameCube if you have the adapter, and then Switch controllers. But Wii and Wii U, they're not there.
1: You know, I'm not the biggest fan of Joy-Cons like, as a, as a single unit. But two Joy-Cons revolutionized gaming for me because the ability to lay down in any position and just be like, my hands are here, my hands are here, like, behind my back, in front of my face, on my hip, mm-hmm. was, like, a big game changer to me because it's the only controller you can lay down with and still play the game regularly. I don't think any yeah. other controller you could like, lay, because, you know, you still have to angle your elbow up in this weird direction <laughs> and stuff. Shout out to the Joy-Cons true. for that.
0: Yeah, I don't mind the Joy-Con. I'm glad the Wii Remote is gone. I really never liked the Wii Remote, even in the heyday of the Wii. I was never a fan.
1: If you it's ever wanted fun. me to judge you harshly, play Smash Bros. with the Wii Remotes turned sideways. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I had to. I remember I was at a birthday party once, with Walmart, and they didn't have enough controllers. And so I used a Wii Remote sideways, and I did win that tournament. I did win it with the Wii Remote turned sideways.
1: I'll never forget. Also a birthday party story. Uh, they just had Wiimotes. Or whatever they they didn't have any they didn't even have nunchucks like this is how bad this Wii owner was like I'm like how do you not have nunchucks and so there was a Mario Kart turning and they're like oh dude we thought you were good at Mario Kart ha 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 I'm like I'm playing with a Wii mode turning sideways (laughs) you're you're useless Uh and 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 oh my god it was on like a big HD TV you know the Wii is a SD console just standard definition so like the game just looked horrible. Like, on, like, yeah. their 1080p settings, and I'm like, oh, my God. Like, Wiimote turned sideways, this fuzzy mess on a TV that's way too big. You know, this is the comically big HD TVs that are, like, were still heavy. So it's like, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's widescreen but still has, like, the fat back to it. It was, it was just, oh, I'm glad we're past that.
0: Yeah, I don't miss the Wii at all. We talked about this, I think, on our GameCube episode just a couple weeks ago that, Man, GameCube games look so much better than Wii games do. Even today. Like, it's not even close. The GameCube games have aged so much better than the Wii. And, like, I've been collecting some GameCube games lately. And um, I go to to some game stores and I just see the Wii games in the case. Man, I just have no interest in this console. (laughs) Maybe I will later down the line and regret it. But as of now, I don't really. Yeah. I liked it in the time well enough. But it's probably my least favorite Nintendo console. Yeah, I think so. I think so. All right, last two items here. That was Mario Party 1 and 2. We got way off on the tangent. We'll have to do some online boardroom matches of that uh, with Mario Party because those games are classic. Masahiro Sakurai and his ongoing YouTube video series, which you should check out if you haven't. Very, very cool stuff in there. One of the coolest things to come out is that he revealed original prototype footage of Dragon King, the fighting game. And if you're someone who doesn't know what that is, that is Smash Brothers. Before it had a Nintendo character. So you, you can see this this really old footage of this N64 game in development before they decided to make it what we now know as Super Smash Brothers. And it's just these, like, very polygonal fighting men. Kind of look like Captain Falcon. They kind of look like the—remember the multi-man melee from Melee where you fight, like, wireframe guys? They kinda yeah, look they, like they, look a- they do like the wireframe guys. Yeah, it makes me wonder if it's almost inspiration for that. Um, has to but yeah, be. it's just super cool to see because it's still Smash Brothers. They have Battlefield, like the, the classic tri platform setup, a couple other stages, and it's still the percentages, and you, you fly when you're at the higher percentage. Like it's all there, it's all Smash Brothers. Super cool that Nintendo allowed him to reveal some of this stuff. And that we got to see this in this video series
1: what what i think is always interesting about nintendo and about this situation is because you we think nintendo makes all these genius decisions which they do i'm not saying they don't but there's always someone else that's not nintendo that pushed for this to happen sakurai said they liked the game they love the game and he was the one that was like what if mm-hmm. we made them instead of these dudes nintendo characters and Nintendo was like what nonsense get out of here he's like no no what well, if we use like all, like your biggest mascots and make them these fighters And I'm I'm always, like, it's so interesting, all these great Nintendo games that are inspired, like, I want to say, by, like, a singular person convincing Nintendo to do something. And it's, Mm -hmm. like, I'm pretty sure at the time, like, he really fought for it. And they're, like, you know, I don't know. He he got the approval and, like, won their biggest franchises ever. A game that literally fundamentally changed gaming.
0: Yeah. And there's there's stories, too, out there about how, like, NOA wasn't going to localize this thing. And they eventually did. and But they were worried, like, we don't know about Link beating up Pikachu. And so that was a, a famous part of this, too, that I've heard about, is that it almost didn't come over here. And it was out in Japan well before it was out over here. The press knew about it, and they were like, is this thing coming over? And, of course, as we know now, eventually the answer was yes. But for a time, it looked like this thing could have stayed in Japan only. And if it had, would it have even gotten a sequel? I don't know. But I'm glad that they all made the decisions to go for it because – it's tough to imagine a Nintendo without Smash Brothers. Like, it is so much of what their identity is. And, yeah, it's it, it's hard to imagine a world where Dragon King the Fighting Game <laughs> came out instead. <laughs> yeah. Probably well, still would have been fun, though, because Smash is just a good time. And then last story here. We're not going to talk about this. We talked about it enough last week. The story has changed tremendously since we talked about it, though. Helena Taylor, former Bayonetta voice actor, released a new statement over Bayonetta 3. Uh, basically trying to defend her place in the industry. We're not going to really discuss it here because we got other stuff to talk about this week. But also, Bayonetta 3 reviews are out. They're largely reviewing well. We're going to try and get someone in the boardroom who's played it, or one of us is going to play it, Odell. One of us has to, in the coming weeks here. So we will talk more about Bayonetta 3, but we didn't have pre-release access, right? So we won't be able to do that this week. But what Odell is playing... Is Mario Plus Rabbits Sparks of Hope came out last week on October 20th. Sequel to 2017's Mario Plus Rabbits Kingdom Battle reviewed very well, but now we get to hear Odell. What do you think of the game?
1: So when I first started playing it, I was like, oh man, I'm kind of worried because I played the first one so extensively. Is this one going to feel samey? And like at the at the beginning, like it kind of did, and I was like, oh no, you know, I'm not saying it won't be good, but I don't I don't want to get fatigued halfway through the game. And no, the free-range motion, like, it's weird. Now, you know, you have the, it's not grid-based. You kind of can just move in this area. There's so many layers of strategy that you can do, things you can do. Like, I'm learning that, like, I was so used to, like, mechanical turn or, like, okay, move, fire a weapon, do this, do that. But now it's like, okay, I can do, you can do so many actions. Like, the game tells you, once you fire your gun, you can no longer move. Like, that's it. You can still do actions, but you can't move anymore. But since you have the freedom like you just have like a map of where the character can just be and run like there's so many things the enemy types is very like there's enemies to where to only way to defeat them is to throw them off the map which I just think is hilarious <laughs> like they're that's invincible weird. for one reason or the other so like that's a very video game thing it's like oh I can't take your health out so I just throw you out of bounds like <laughs> eat you from mm-hmm. the field of play and uh, it's just it's just been a real good time like the I, all my worries that I have within the first hour are pretty much all but gone. Oh, uh, you know you talked. Um, so I thought the battles were going to feel very samey, and that the enemy types, just because I'd already seen them before, were going to be that varied. Mm-hmm. But uh, but so they are. In terms of uh appearance, not so much. You know, there's a lot of just color swaps. But what those enemies can do, despite it only being a color swap, really does change the flow of battle. Okay. And it gives you the freedom to, you know, you can have any three. Mario doesn't have to be one. You can, your skill tree, you can add points. You can take back points. You can rearrange it. And it, it's kind of just a freedom of choice to where I thought, like, oh, yeah, since I know what I'm doing, the game is going to be easy. But then I hit that mm-hmm. point of, like, oh, like, since there is so much variety, since there is so much freedom, that, like, it, you know, it, it I never realized how much a grid-based system locks you into a certain way of thinking and so you're just like, oh, okay, yeah, you know, move here, move here. But when you can just kind of move anywhere and then the new jumping, the new uh, team jump mechanic completely changed the game. And then now you have the sparks, the little rabbit Luma combination things that uh, give yeah, you a uh, uh, so elemental strange looking. <laughs> Yeah, to give you elemental powers and things of that nature. So I really thought, like, the sparks are just kind of like, oh, yeah, I want to buff. I want to have firepower, one of this. But I'm at the point now where it's like, oh, I'm proving the enemies, like, oh, these enemies are weak to this. I need this lumen to do this. I need this lumen to reflect. Oh, like,. Oh, oh you know we're doing like there's there's new types of battles that used to be like just you know kill everybody reach the area or survive but now there's mm-hmm. other things like destroy these outposts and things like that nature and i'm like oh this luma could do this this luma could do that and you get the ability to mix and match lumas and it's again it's one of those things like i am very impressed at how varied the battle system is and how deep it can go like i thought i found me like my invincible combo like oh yeah you know put this on this guy, this on this guy, this is my strongest guy. And then I played a match Mm -hmm. where it was just like different elemental type enemies and long range enemies like mixed together. And like, I was just like, oh, I got demolished. Because I just thought like I could just run in with my same team. So it really encourages you to play with different, you know, the combinations of Mario's and rabbits. Like even if you do find a good solid team that's really working for you, you eventually end up in situations where like this team will not work. This combination of characters, like, I'm not saying you can beat the level, but you're definitely fighting an uphill battle.
0: Do characters on the bench that you're not using progress at the same level as people yeah. in the battle that you are using, so you can switch kind of at will?
1: Yeah, uh, you, everyone shares the same amount of XP, so That's great. when one character goes level 12, they they pretty much all go level 12. I've i I've seen, like, minute differences, like, oh, half my character reached level 12 the next battle the others have that, you know, didn't reach level 12 mm-hmm. reached level 12.
0: How's the story? How's How much influence is there from kind of Mario Galaxy, like some of the trailers, looked like? And how's that rabid voice acting I've seen that they have?
1: Okay, so for those who didn't know, the rabbit there was no voice acting in the first one. I did not know there was voice acting in the second one. So when they started <laughs> talking, I was like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. And like, <laughs> their voices are kind of perfect. Okay. Which right. is weird. I'm like, some whoever with the inspiration is like, it makes sense. And then there was a point where like, uh um, there's like, like a Ubisoft game, there's a lot of collectibles. And I found the information disc to where Beepo, which is the little cursor slash thing that guides your characters. Mm-hmm. He invented a rabbit translator machine, which he now sorely regrets. <laughs> and so okay. like there's in-game canon to like why you get why they're talking now. Funny. I was wondering and, not, about that. and not doing gibberish. So I was like, I appreciate it. But the the rabbit voice acting is very good. It's 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 one of those weird things where like I don't expect it because the Mario characters are still very much wahoo. And then it's just like mm-hmm. full-on dialogue from Rabbit Mario, and it's like, oh, oh
0: yeah, <laughs> like, <you laughs> so Mario doesn't talk? Like, does Mario Mario doesn't have dialogue, but then the rabbits do?
1: Yeah, and so it's it's a <laughs> uh, it's, it's it's funny though because um they won't like let's say they say a paragraph they won't say the whole paragraph it would be like Robert Luigi would be like yo guys check this out look what I he's like a DJ like this is okay. this is vibe he's like uh-huh. yo guys check it out look what I found it's a and then like you read the rest of the text and I'm like why do y'all voice act like the first two sentences and then don't say anything else because
0: <laughs> uh-huh. they know they know like everybody. <laughs> you like are matching a you're reading the dialogue and you press a to interrupt their voice acting so most people will never hear that second f anyways so they just don't record but yeah that's no. what i do at least like when you're playing like fire emblem or something like that and the whole box is voiced but you finish reading it before they're done saying it who sits there and lets it <laughs> play out i don't think anybody yes
1: but yeah no it's a. Uh, it's not it's still it's still jarring to me because like I meant to like because I was like right now, like I'm just running around doing collectibles and things and stuff. But there'll be that random mission where it's just like it's like oh, what's like okay, so rabbit Mario is like stereotypically bad Italian, but like okay. in the best way possible. If that makes sense. He's like, uh-huh. yo, what is this? What is this? What is this? I don't oh, oh, oh. like like they really lead it to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, ridiculous. He he almost sounds like Mario from the super show Mario for those old enough okay. to remember mm-hmm. to do the Mario. But um that they're, they're hilarious. Like I'm I'm still laughing.
0: That's awesome. Um so about like Mario Galaxy influences the story. Oh,
1: How that yeah. treating you so far. Oh yeah, I didn't answer. Um cool. It's the only the only Mario Galaxy influence I've seen is that you know the Lumas are there, uh Rosalina. Mm-hmm rabbit rosalina is there you know <laughs> the villain to my knowledge is you know an og villain the the only kind of thing is just like the rabbits after the, the events of the first game apparently built the spaceship or spaceships and went to go colonize other planets and okay. at some point encountered rosalina and they kind of worship her like there's temples built to her like that the rabbits okay. made throughout the galaxy know, rosalina
0: or real rosalina
1: See that I don't know. I assume real Rosalina. <laughs> okay.
0: But yeah, because okay. they say
1: Rosalina, I feel like, you know, they they very much say rabbit, this person. Yeah. Which is uh I haven't I haven't got that far in the story yet, but uh Blade, they made a point. I don't know if this is gonna I assume it's gonna come back later. They're like, oh look, she's like, my name's Blade, and they're like, Oh, we're gonna call you Rabbit, oh Edge, excuse me. Edge is the green haired black mm-hmm. rabbit with the long sword. It's like, oh, rabbit edge, and she's like, It's just Edge. And I'm like, Oh. <laughs> Because oh, okay. there is
0: no edge; it's just a rabbit. There's no human version. Okay, cool. Yeah. So it seems like it's just a lot bigger and fleshed out and more feature-rich than the first one. Would you say that's fair?
1: Yeah, I would actually compare it to think of it like a uh, Galaxy Two compared to Galaxy One. As Galaxy One, you know, you have a uh, these huge built-out you know worlds to explore. That's kind of the first one. Like you're in a world and you're just kind of there for a bit. Versus this is kind of like Galaxy Two, where it's like a bite side version, a bite sized version of what was in the first game, but a lot yep. more depth. I would feel that was I feel like that that biggest Galaxy influences. Like it feels more like Galaxy Two, or like the worlds are bite sized compared to what they used to be, but now it's like more challenge, more depth, more stuff mm-hmm. of that nature.
0: And I like Galaxy Two more. I I think it's it. a better game.
1: Oh, there you go. You you're, yeah. you're just suited up to succeed at rabbits. Sparks of hope.
0: <laughs> cool, cool, very cool. like to hear more about your progress. But now it's time to talk about a different Mario game, and that is Super Mario Odyssey, which, as we said at the top of the show, turns five years old today, the day the show comes out, Thursday, October 27th. And we love Super Mario Odyssey. Once again, wish Chris was here, because I know this is one of his favorite Nintendo games of all time. But Odell and I are pretty big fans, too, so we're going to take the next... 20, 25 minutes or so to kind of reflect back on Super Mario Odyssey uh, five years ago when it came out. So, Odell, I want to start with kind of five years ago when you got this game. What did you think of it? You were telling me before the show that you weren't so sure you were going to like this one.
1: Oh, yeah. No, I remember the reveal trailer. I remember, you know, the T-Rex and all that stuff. And I was like, graphically, I was like, this game looks so jarring. Like, seeing Mario in these non-Mario environments, I was like, I really don't know if this can work like I felt like if this is what they're going for like at the time I thought I was like oh they're trying to be like hyper realistic or hyper realism or whatever you want to call it you know we saw him yeah. in New Donk we saw him in uh, the Jurassic Kingdom and I was just like I I don't know I think this is the wrong move like we know the Switch isn't going to be like this graphical monster and now we're trying to do real things and you know now I know those just two kingdoms the rest of the kingdoms outside of like that final fantasy one you know they look you know very mario s yeah and um just the whole gameplay stuff like i wasn't a fan of the new gimmick like just this was purely off trailers and things so the capture
0: mechanic right
1: yeah um you know the stuff with cappy was cool you know the platform looked cool you know the throwing the cap running on the cap and stuff like that but i was just like i don't know you know this 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 kind of open world, kinda not game, you know, kinda realistic, kinda not. I was just it felt too weird, too, too much of the weirdness in one title. And then I got it and those fears kinda instantly evaporated. Like once cause I believe the primal, I forget the name of the Jurassic Kingdom, but that's like cause you're like, like Be- the heck. Ha-
0: kingdom i believe
1: yeah like once i got past that to the next kingdom i was like okay yeah and like i understood the flow because you know each game has this new language of like how the game wants you to operate and stuff and i was like the pieces of the moon i was like i don't but yeah i was just like this is probably the freest mario has ever been in a game and i'm all about platforming that's why i love 64 because i was like it's still it's still a great platformer in like ways (laughs) that sunshine probably wasn't and i was just like this is just fun. This is this. Every kingdom is like you know the opening world of Mario sixty four. You're just running around, jumping, and just having a good time.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I loved the game at the time. I I picked it up at midnight at a Walmart when it came out. Not a hype midnight release at this Walmart. <laughs> uh, it was just this dude working in the electronics department, and I was there with with a couple friends of mine that were also there to pick it up and. We were like, you got Super Mario Odyssey? And he's like, let me go check. And he comes back and he's like, you talking about the Mario Kart 8 Deluxe? <laughs> we're like, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Super Mario Odyssey. And he goes and checks again, comes back out with the copies we need. And, and, and it was away from there. I beat the entire game, the first run through that weekend. Because it's really? really long game. To just beat the main campaign. Oh,
1: okay. Okay. I'm, I'm yeah. thinking, oh, yeah. Not 199 no, yeah. moons. No. no. No, I've
0: okay. still never done that. I uh. still haven't gotten every single moon that. There is in the game. It is I brutal. I'd like to someday. It have you done
1: bru- it? Yeah, it's brutal. It's it's <laughs> it's like mind-numbingly hard mm-hmm. for some of those moons. Like I remember I had to I have this thing where like after I try like a gazillion times, I have to like YouTube a video just to just to see someone do I'm not looking for it. it's like I just need to know it's humanly possible. Yeah. There's yeah. this one with the tanks, and you gotta like beat it in like 12 seconds, and I'm just like, it takes the most precision jump. Timing non screwing up ever, but uh, yeah, I Uh I got them all. I'm the type of person when it comes to Mario games, like, I gotta get all the stars, I gotta get all Mm -hmm. the. I will say this in Galaxy, I did not do the Luigi ones because I was like, okay, no, that's that's too much. I I, like, I got all 120 with Mario, I'm good, I'm not about to redo this all over again. Don't got that much time, yeah.
0: I I got enough to get to the but we're going full spoiler, by the way. I think it should be clear, we're five years on from (laughs) game, but just in case we're going full spoilers. I got enough of the moons to do the dark and darkest side of the moon um, that at the end of the game. But I did not get all 999. Because you need like, I think it's like 700 or something like that to do those. So there's some I didn't get. Like some of the like hint art ones that spread across the kingdoms that are like super convoluted. I didn't get those. And then I, I never finished like refighting all the bosses in the Mushroom Kingdom where I think you only have like one hit point that you have to do. I never did all that. But I did most of the moons in this game. But anyways, back to originally beating this game. Yeah, I I took that Friday off. I didn't do anything that day. Played it all day, all day Saturday, and then Sunday morning I remember beating it and it was just seriously probably my favorite gaming weekend of my life. Like it was just oh. a smile plastered across my face the entire time you're playing through this game like I loved it from the start. I was never hesitant about it like you were. I was just super excited to jump in because it had just been so long since we had a Mario game like this. And 3D World, I love 3D World. I still, I will defend that game. I think it's in the upper tier of Mario games. But that and 3D Land and even the Galaxy games aren't the sprawling exploration based Mario that he entered the 3D era with. And it had just been so long. And then, you know, I don't, I'm not in love with 64. Sunshine has its problems. So this was like, for me it quickly became and still is 5 years later the definitive mario game to me at least in the 3d space like i just love everything this does i think the capture mechanic is is genius it is such a cool reinvention of mario like because the traditional power ups never really worked for me in galaxy where it's like oh you have the fire flower for like 15 seconds cuz they they needed a way to limit that power right but this was like you could there's no fire flower no traditional power ups like that there are superstars but that's pretty much it and it's just up to you to, to throw your hat at everything in sight. See what you can do. <laughs> Nintendo is the best at building puzzles around its new unique mechanics. And they did that here to an amazing, amazing extent with some of the puzzles you have to do. I think that the side-scrolling 2D parts where you turn into 8-bit Mario from Super Mario Brothers and are, like, platforming on the wall, like, around a pillar. I'm thinking, like, the, the Sand Kingdom specifically. There's some really cool ones there. Like, there's just some genius, genius stuff in this game. I, I thought at the time, and still do five years later, think it's just incredible.
1: You know, I'm curious because I know you have a hypercritical eye, and honestly, I think you could be more skeptical than me at times. That you saw all the trailers and what was happening, and you and you wasn't worried at all. I'm, so, I'm just curious why
0: you, why you never saw anything that made you raise an eyebrow. I was like, I don't know about this. The thing that I thought was just crazy was the E3 17 trailer where he captured the T Rex. I was like, what are we doing? But I think that I was at that E3. That was my first E3 ever. And I got to play the game there. I waited in line for three hours to play Super Mario Odyssey. It was crazy. And I think when I went hands-on with it there is where I was not worried about anything anymore. And from that point, from mid-June to October, I was just like, I just got to get my hands back on this game. So I think actually getting to go hands-on. And the did you play that E3 demo? Were you there? Uh, I was there, but I did not. Just playing that demo was in New Donks, and so just playing it, and because yeah, in the trailer it looks a little, a little weird, him walking around with just these like more normally proportioned humans. It it looks strange, but playing it, it's like oh, you know, this feels like Mario. It feels old, but also feels very very new. Uh, so I think that's why I wasn't worried at all, is because I did get the hands on time with it, and when that demo ended, I was just like. I just didn't want it to stop i thought about getting back in line because there were so many different ways you could go in that demo and i just wanted to do it again i didn't the lines weren't worth it but yeah i, I was sold from e3 on
1: you know the the biggest compliment i can give uh mario odyssey is uh, it, it's something that very few games i feel like can do but it consistently keeps getting better probably until the end like yeah there's and by what I mean by that is, like, each new kingdom, even if it's something that seems simple, it's just like, oh, there's, you know, there's some hidden depth here. There's another hidden layer there's in the world. Um, but each kingdom keeps superseding what the kingdom before did. And, like, the secrets are insane. Uh, what's the name of this kingdom? Uh, crap. Uh, let me. Which one? So here's. Okay. For example, the Wooded, the wooded Kingdom. I I remember being super lost and being like, where's the rest of the moons? I can't find the moons. There's two more areas in the wooded Kingdom. One's easy to find. You get the beanstalk. You go in the cloud. The other one is the deep forest. And my God, if I didn't accidentally die and fall off, I never (laughs) would have found that area. I was like, oh, my God. I was like, there's a whole other area and you have to fall into the woods. You know, me being the pro gamer I was, I had just never failed. Because, you know, I'm not trying to die. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, yeah. but, yeah. But then, you know, after you go to the Cloud Kingdom, and it's a very short kingdom, but it looks amazing. And mm-hmm. it's studying. You have all the stuff. And then, you know, eventually you make it to the Metro Kingdom. And then the finale of the Metro Kingdom, one of the highlights of the game when, you know, you were at uh, Pauline and she's, like, you know, having the... I don't know what what celebration they're having or whatever they were doing mm-hmm. that day. But that whole... Last level, quote unquote, of that kingdom is amazing. And then, you know, we have the uh, I talked about earlier what I call the uh, the Final Fantasy Kingdom. It's the Ruin Kingdom, probably the most unique boss battle in any Mario game. I yeah, will die sure. on that hill. But then, after all this amazing, I'm thinking, like, what can they do to top this? And you get to the Bowser Kingdom, which is like this traditional Japanese palace. And it is just gorgeous. It's one of those games, one of those uh, levels that makes you forget you're playing the
0: Switch. Life. Yeah, I agree. And it came out launch year, so it was like, like it was a little mind blowing. Yeah, we've had HD on the Wii U, but 3D World, again, love it, but it's it's kind of the art style 3D World goes for, it's a gorgeous game, but it goes for this very like toy like, shiny, polished, bright art style. And then it's pretty much consistent throughout the entire game. I love how that game looks, but then Odyssey is like the woods, the dark kingdom, the cloud kingdom, Bowser, like you said, they all just look so different from each other. And it just really showed off the system. Like is just, you never knew what you were going to see next. And I know some people complained about the length of Odyssey at the time. Like it doesn't only take like eight to 10 hours to beat this game. Like if you just run through, but the post game is great. And what I love about it too, is there's just so many moons to find. And I found that to be a positive because this it's it's like the korok seeds. It's not really designed for you to find them all, right? And that's proven that like the reward for finding them all isn't something that big. It's very small to get all the kingdoms you need like 70% of the moon. So it's not supposed to, like oh my god, I need to go on this checklist hunt to get them all. It's I'm just exploring. I ground pound this suspicious spot and you're rewarded with a moon. And I just really love that gameplay loop of they are just everywhere. Kind of like we talked about with that Super Mario Brothers 5. Mario Maker project, like, they're so smart at thinking about what you're going to do in these playgrounds they create. And so you pull off some trick shot and you're like, is there something up here? And then when there is, it just feels so gratifying. Like, man, they thought of that. And Super Mario Odyssey is full of literally hundreds because of how many moons there are of those where it's like, man, they thought of that. Yes, there's some moons that aren't as good. There's some pretty tedious ones, but you don't need them all. So just Don't worry about those ones because right around the corner, there's another one. And that's something that I really, really like.
1: Yeah, because I feel like as someone who's gotten all 999 moons, if if you're not that type of player, don't be that type of player. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like that because to me is if I if I wasn't seeking out to get them all, there's some moons I would have said to hell with. Like I would have just been like, it's not worth my sanity. Like you like it's funny because you said you haven't got all the moons, but what I found the hardest thing was the darkest the darkest side of the moon, whatever the name of the final final level is mm-hmm. i did the i did the the shortcut where like you can like fly and like ground pound and get oh, to the, the, the pipe. yeah, you can get to the pipe uh-huh. if you do the little trick because I got tired of like going through the the normal way uh, I think you're like riding on the little lever thing, you can't fall there's mm-hmm. lava or something to get to. You know, you still have to do most of the level, but you can just skip that segment. I was just like, oh, yeah, definitely skipping that. Because in my mind, I was like, I'm going yeah. to get all the moons. I'm not here to the to, to struggle my way through. <laughs> like, there's there a long jump moon, like, where you have to, like, long jump, like, I kid you not, like, 15 times in a row on, like, these blocks that are, like, you know, one foot by one foot. And you basically have to be perfect. That was I thought I would never run out of coins. I ran out of coins on that moon. I I hit zero. Uh (laughs) I was just like, my God. I will have to go find the tweet. But I remember, like, I live tweeted. I was like, guys, I think I found the moon that's going to break me. (laughs) I think I found (laughs) it. You got it, though. Oh, yeah, I got got it. it. You you know, because at some point, you have to, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, I I had like 2,000 coins. I ended up with zero, so.
0: Yeah, and I really like all the outfits in that game. I like that there's basically a moon in every – the recurring moons where every kingdom kind of has its own play on the same moon, right? Like you go to some place in the luncheon kingdom, and they're like, man, I really could use a chef right now. You go, you buy the chef costume. You come back. They're like, oh, thanks. Here is this moon. Like just really fun stuff like that. In the post game, when Peach then goes to – travel through all the kingdoms kind of on her own accord. And you have to track her down where she at in each kingdom. And she gives you a moon. I like stuff like that too. But yeah, man, just what a game. I've never restarted this game because I still don't have them all, right? So whenever I have a craving to play this game, I just boot up the old file, play around, try to find more moons and, and just keep getting that total higher.
1: You know, um, because it took me it took me a while. Like, you know, nothing like... I don't think I'm pretty sure it was within a year of release. <laughs> but it was just like, I kind of just... Played the game so much, just tracking down the moons. It, it had a long shelf life for me. Mm-hmm. And I, remember, I always yeah. tell myself, am I going to start this game over? And I'm just like, no, because if I do it, I'm going to have to get all the moons.
0: You got to get all <laughs> of them again? You would have to 100% again?
1: <laughs> I, I don't, I don't. every time I replay Mario 64, 120 stars. Granted, that's a, yeah. it's, it's a, it's a much smaller order. Uh-huh. But if yeah. I'm being completely honest, I just assumed we would have had another Mario by now
0: talk about that a little bit. What we would like to see three Mario do next because it's a little crazy. I mean, we haven't gotten one since then. We did get Bowser's Fury, which was great, but it was about three hours to like hundred percent. I love that game too, but yeah, we've not gotten the next main three D Mario. But before we get to that, I do want to talk about some some favorites here. Favorite kingdom in the game? Do you have one that jumps out to you, Odell?
1: Um, uh, probably Bowser's Bowser's kingdom. Okay, cool. I like. I already talked about it, so I was trying to think of. I mean, Mushroom Kingdom was a huge surprise. Like, it was not <laughs> my favorite, but it Go was. Ahead. It was definitely like, a, whoa. Like the Moon Kingdom was honestly a hell of a surprise too. Mm-hmm. Ah, yeah. I, I guess collect like oh well, yeah, it's just Bowser's. Like, there's other thing. There's other kingdoms I like better for a singular reason, but overall, it had to be Bowser's. Hmm.
0: Yeah, my favorite, you mentioned it, the Wooded Kingdom. I love, like, the rustic vibe of that one, all these machines falling apart. I think the puzzles there are very, very cool. You mentioned it. The music there is really good. The music in this game, we have to mention, amazing. This is one of the soundtracks I most often will just put on while I'm working during the day. Soundtrack is absolutely amazing. Uh, But, yeah, falling down to the deep woods. And there's a T-Rex down there. i just chasing you around, living in the deep woods. That's a really, really good kingdom. And then I actually like the Cascade Kingdom a lot. The like main intro kingdom. After you leave the Cappy Kingdom. Uh, I really like the Cascade Kingdom. I just think it's gorgeous. Love the music there too. Really cool introduction to the game. Yeah, that, those are my, my top two. But favorite moment in the game I want to ask you too. Because to me, there are very few games that have as many jaw-dropping moments as Super Mario Odyssey. Like I think that I can think of three or four right off the bat. And it's like the festival you mentioned with Pauline, where you basically play Donkey Kong as Mario uh, (laughs) running through that is just absolutely incredible. The going to the moon is unbelievable, even though it's staring you in the face because it's in the jump up superstar lyrics the entire time. But just that whole thing is just super amazing. And then the ending, when you capture Bowser and fight your way out of the collapsing moon in what has to be, the most Sonic Mario has ever felt. <laughs> that ending is like so Sonic Adventure. The moon is collapsing. It's a vocal theme with like electric att- that you totally could have plucked out of a Sonic Adventure game. A canceled track. That is my favorite moment in the game. And I've said it before on podcasts throughout the years. That's my favorite mo- moment in any video game I've ever played ever is when, because, you, right, you beat Bowser. The moon is collapsing. Peach is there. You're like, what the heck do I do? How do I get out of here? And then the moment you're like, oh, my God. You throw the cap at the Bowser, <laughs> you capture Bowser, and it's just off from there. And then I love that song um, that, that plays. I think it's called Break Free. Super cool song in that game. Just perfect ending to that game. It was like, wow, the game, like you said, it just keeps going and going and going, and it just never stops. And then the fourth jaw-dropping moment that I forgot when I was listening is the dragon fight. That you said, where you just fight this Final Fantasy dragon <laughs> in a Mario game. It's like, what? It's like, geez. So, my favorite moment capturing Bowser, escaping the moon as him. How about you? So, it's funny.
1: I got to say this. And, like, this is one of the moments where I just freaking really hate the internet. That while I was playing the game, it was spoiled for me uh, that you capture Bowser. And, like, <sighs> it, it, like, so. Like, I knew it was coming, and I was so upset. Like, the moment was still amazing, but, you know, it was one of those things that I really wish I did not know was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Shame on people who who think, like, oh, I got in this point. Like, let me go talk about it and, like, post the goddamn video. Like, oh. You yeah. know, it's Twitter. You're just scrolling. Like, you, you're you not expecting to see something like that. Yeah. Like, you could just been like, oh, That's my right. God, I beat Mario Odyssey. The ending was, oh, my God, if you know, you know. Like... Uh-huh. Yeah, that's all you got to do I, I, I can't infer nothing from oh my god it was amazing but yeah mm-hmm. so you as you were talking about that I re-remembered that it was spoiled for me and like I just got upset again <laughs> so, yeah that's rough but if not that would probably uh, be it but you know clearly you know the dragon yes the Pauline uh, you know when you're playing Mario again yes I'm trying to think of another good moment I'm just going to say going to the moon like you said it was right there in your face kind of the whole time and uh, I really love the Cloud Kingdom. You see the ship come in. Like I said, the the mm-hmm. King, the Cloud Kingdom is what basically what a boss fight, and that's kind of it.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's just a Bowser boss fight. Yeah, but I really and A couple love other it. moons, but yeah,
1: yeah. Like so, I'll probably say entering the Cloud Kingdom because you know the best moment of the game was spoiled for me because you know people are awful. <laughs> uh
0: huh. And the festival is great one too. Yeah, that's that's I feel like people's most people's favorite moment is that festival, which is phenomenal. It's a really really great part, of yeah,
1: I'm just trying to be different, but yeah, you know you got Pauline singing her tune, you mm-hmm. got the fireworks going off, it looks again like really looks really looks amazing as a as a game that was a launch title, I refuse to believe like you came out swinging that hard, like I can't think of other games that even come close to it,
0: yeah, yeah, what a first year for the switch with Zelda and and Odyssey. It's just an enormous one two punch in the system's first seven months. It's it's pretty unbelievable combination.
1: Yeah, you know, honestly, now that I think about it, it's it's still amazing that the switch is still going this strong. Like, who would have thought, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. I fought for Odyssey in Game of the Year over Breath of the Wild, and I still stand by that. I I like Odyssey more than I like Breath of the Wild. You know, bro- about this time, S-
1: slight tangent. I was talking to a coworker of mine, and she was like oh, I didn't like Breath of the Wild. And I was like, why? She was like, oh, I played like the first two, three hours. I'm like, that game has no music. And I'm like, what do you mean? It's ambient music. I mean, yeah, it's not like just these <laughs> giant orchestral cues. You know, dun 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 dun. But I was like, no music is a stretch. But it's funny because I, I feel like most people who don't like Breath of the Wild see they, they 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 never in my mind got anywhere it was like yeah like i'm like did you even make it to Kankarico? and they're like oh i don't know i'm like and, <laughs> I, and, and in my mind i'm like you never yeah. you basically never left the great plateau if that's the case at least that's how i see it yeah but i, I can I understand,
0: understand the yeah like, I like it's it. i like odyssey more though odyssey is my top 10 all yeah. time. i love this game
1: yeah to the point i was try to make is just you know breath of- it takes a while for it to get going it it does versus you know Odyssey you know like we already said you know it's just a upward trajectory from beginning to end, like I said once I left the Cascade Kingdom, like you know of course you come back to it but like after I was like oh, okay I'm good I was like okay I'm good the sand the the Sand Kingdom really showcases a lot of things like you said earlier like you notice know, the two D segments uh and like I said uh, the set, like a lot of these kingdoms are very layered you you see the initial layer like here it looks here's like the boundaries. But, like, they're very, like, vertical slices. There's, like, a layer under the layer. You know, like, in same King, a literal underground layer. Like, there's there's layers above and below each kingdom. And I kind of love that about, like, no kingdom is is what it appears to be through your initial run-through of it.
0: Yeah. I think we're going to save what we want for the next 3D Mario until Chris is with us. So maybe we'll kick off next week's show with a quick follow-up on this if chris is back then uh, so we can hear what he thinks do you so come think back the next 3d next mario
1: game? is actually on the switch or on his successor good question
0: good question i'll say i think it's coming next year so i think really say, <laughs> that oh okay I mean, yeah i think it's the big fall game next year I really we're, like we're gonna have another zelda mario year i'd love to and i think we're gonna yeah absolutely so we'll, we'll save that to talk about with chris last thing i'll say I like the motion controls in this game. I use the split joy con like it recommends you do on the like on the main menu and everything, and I think it works really nice. And we actually got an email from a listener that agrees with how we'll read in a second. But Odell, did you play with the split joy con? where you use them to like flick the right one to capture and aim? Which way you want to throw?
1: Oh yeah, I didn't have a pro controller yet, so. Yeah, because, yeah, you know, it, it came with the console. So, it so early. and it was just like, oh, I don't know if the Pro Controller is even available yet. Was it?
0: It was Pro Controller oh. came out on launch day.
1: Oh, OK. Yeah, I, I, I didn't
0: remember. Launch. But yeah, it was like it was I didn't harder remember. to find back then. It was a little tougher to find in 2017. The Pro Controller. But yeah, I like the motion controls. They work nice with that. Let's get to our our listener comments on Super Mario Odyssey. Two of, uh, two of you, two of you boardroom fans wrote in to us. Thanks for doing that. You can always write in your thoughts. ToadstoolBordroom and Gmail.com or find us on Twitter at Toadstool, BR just like Tim did, who said, hello. I'm glad I was finally able to make time to watch the show from last week. Well, thanks for watching, Tim. Mario Odyssey was a turnaround on the franchise for me. I was also a- always able to appreciate that Mario games were objectively good and always well polished. But this was the first Mario game I remember being actively excited for leading up to its release. I'm going to try to contain myself as I explain why. But to this day, I still consider it the perfect Switch game and personally my favorite Mario game. From a mechanics standpoint, it uses so many Joy-Con features, from not too cheesy emotions to clever use of HD rumble. The different captures seem to have been made to give you that small smile and think, ha, I can do this now. They, for the most part, hit that balance of feeling like a novelty, but also useful, empowering, but not overpowered. Really like that term, Tim. It's very good. And however you want to classify meat, wasn't there meat that you captured in this game. What's you talking about here? Was there? I don't
1: know. I, didn't there, know there it might be, I, I don't know. remember. I, I'm going to assume. Were you a steak at to... some point? You were yeah, a grill, right? Just, I was wondering about that. Yeah. You were and a grill, was... right? You become a grill. That sounds right.
0: Yes. Yeah. The fact that they're world-specific keeps things fresh, makes for great pacing, and gives an extra something to look forward to going into each new pocket open world. Those worlds also feature some peak design. Granted, some had more love than others, this is me chiming in. I do not like the Lost Kingdom, that one with all the poison that you get stranded on. That's the low point of the game for me.
1: I don't think it it, it doesn't it doesn't flow well when you go there. It like it just yeah. kind of. I, I I can see that.
0: Yeah, it's my least favorite one. Some include things that serve no purpose other than fun, like cans you can just kick around in the Luncheon Kingdom. While some found some moons to be too easy, I think the whole package they produce embodies the phrase "low entry, high ceiling." I very much agree with that. I also found the replayability surprisingly extensive, too. A buddy of mine overseas and I added months to our playthrough, swapping best times in the different speed challenges. I could go on, but I'll wrap it up by pointing out that the new Donk Festival is probably one of the most magical moments in gaming. I was actually in a pretty rough spot when I got to it, and it lit me right up. In that moment, I was a superstar. Anyway, looking forward to the episode. Thanks for the great discussions board. Glad that moment was able to do that for you, Tim. It is it, like I said, Odyssey is just a bundle of joy. It's just and a smile from start to finish. Glad you had that experience, and it is the best Mario, so it makes sense. Like <laughs> this is one that clicked with you.
1: You know, you know, I can again. This this could be the nostalgia talking. I think I enjoy Galaxy better. Think like like I'm just I'm just remembering. It, it's weird because it's like I feel like Galaxy One and Two kind of just need to be one game because. Mm-hmm. Or maybe I just like riding Yoshi. Like I love since Yoshi is like one of my favorite characters ever. But but like Odyssey. Okay, how about this? Here's the thing. I think I I personally like Galaxy better. But I can easily say Odyssey is the better game, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, I can see an argument for either. I can see an argument for both ways. But I personally just love Odyssey a lot more than Galaxy. We got one more note on Twitter from Rachel who said, I loved Odyssey. To me, it encapsulates fun. I also love it because there are so many moons, you can pick it up whenever and find something new to do. It's my personal favorite 3D Mario game. My favorite moment is the Mario celebration in New Dawn City. So both of our writers picked that one. It is definitely one of the highlights. And yeah, Rachel, I agree. Like, what a great game to be on the Switch. Because you could just play for 10 minutes and get three or four moons and then put it back into sleep mode and I guess other Mario games kind of had that like Galaxy or 3D World, you could pick up, play a level, and put it down. But just kind of existing in this open area, booting it up, exploring a corner of it, shutting it back down, I think that was just a really cool proof of concept. In a similar way the Breath of the Wild was for what the Switch would be, just these kind of bite-sized, pick-it-up-when-you-can pockets of gaming. But then if you want that longer session, dock it to the TV, sit down, and you could play for a couple of hours and still have a great time. So. I agree a really great game to be on the switch
1: i will say this odyssey is the the best mario has ever controlled in any game like i see videos of things people can do and it blows my mind you know i felt cool and i'm like oh i'm gonna long jump throw cappy jump on cappy and like make this huge super cool like i skipped half these platformers and then like i see people doing like just gymnastics like somehow resetting like cappy to like throw again and i'm just like bro how how mm-hmm. but like look, like you see them doing it and it's almost like nintendo intended for someone to do this this wasn't someone like pushing the 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 in-game physics it was just like no like they expected people to do
0: this because it looks so okay. effortless when mario performs it
1: i'm just like it's wild
0: all right if you're listening to the show you didn't write in yet but want to talk about odyssey let us know toadstoolboardroom at gmail.com or on twitter at toadstoolboardroom but that's another episode of the Toadstool Boardroom in the Books. We're a weekly Nintendo podcast. We release at Thursdays, noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on YouTube and all of your favorite podcast services like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you like to listen to your shows. Chris will be back next week, hopefully. We're going to be talking about F-Zero next week in a very cool indie project. We're going to have the creator of AeroGPX on to talk Ooh. about his creation and the F- F Zero franchise as a whole. Very excited about that. But for now, you can find Odell on Twitter at Odell Harmon Jr. You can find myself at Logan J Plant. You can find the show at Toadstool BR. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great week. We'll catch you next time right back here in the Toadstool boardroom.